Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Swift Startup Podcast. Today, we go through something that everybody hates dealing with Amazon, and that is having to write a plan of action. We have a co-host here who is very, very well versed in it, so we look forward to telling you all about it and how to clear the air with Amazon through plans of action. Welcome to the Swift Startup Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It's me, Marty, and as always, there's Jeff. Hey guys, how's it going? (laughs) So uh, today's topic is the always fun and uh, challenging uh, scenario of dealing with Amazon with a plan of action. Um, do we even know, have a plan action for this podcast? I don't know. We I have, think we're just going <laughs> to shotgun yeah, this podcast into it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shotgunning, maybe we should just start off by like uh, oh, start opening a drink and uh, cheersing the plan of action podcast. Well, I don't have a uh, I don't have a canned drink. I have straight hard alcohol, Gibson's finest. Um, but uh, I will still cheers to that. So one one of those weeks is it, Jeff? One of those weeks, it's, um, you know, it's a week that it's still gone by just as fast as every other week, but it's felt extra grueling and extra taxing on every aspect. So good times. We, got, we just, we, we got, we're dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of compliance issues and a lot of, um, a lot of different regulation issues. I think one of the banks that we end up using, like we, I think they're looking at raising another round of funding or, or they're doing something. So, so for those who don't like for FinTech, you know, there's different levels of FinTech and there's different levels of how a, um, FinTech companies can operate. And, uh, it's all very regulated, of course. And, um, you get the starter ones that are basically just a base checking and savings account. And then all the way up to, you know, your Chase banks and your banks of America that can do everything under the sun. Um, and uh, I believe the bank that we use, and I'm not going to name any names, is going through either a new round of, you know, raising funding possibly, or they just decide to be extra, extra jerky. But uh, they did this mass compliance thing on all of our accounts. And I don't think it was just ours. I think it was probably every client they have. And uh, just... You know, we were probably one of the first clients they've ever had, and they just asked for all this information that was completely irrelevant. So it's been this huge overhead taxing thing of giving them useless information that they likely already have, just so our bank account doesn't get frozen. So it's yeah, that's fun. That that sounds like a a long way around to get to like a a good parallel of basically how Amazon acts with plan of actions. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Amazon's way worse than these guys. So. Um, I don't even, at least with, at least with these guys, I'm talking to a real human being with Amazon. I'm talking to a robot that if it doesn't like one keyword, I say, essentially, it's kind of like, nope, suspended. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would say with that said, I've got my Vizzy hard seltzer water. You've got your Gibsons. Let's start the podcast. Let's get into it. POAs. (laughs) Okay. We'll do a little bit of silence. All right. Welcome again. Um, that was a pretty good intro. So, um, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know how to jump into that. Let's uh, strike Let's that and start it. again. Pause again. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, I, I can. I can jump into it here. Okay. Go I for can it. Kind of ramble. 
All right, we're back again here. Uh, Pass that little preamble, but we're talking about POAs, um, which for those who don't know mean plan of actions. Um, Pretty common acronym in the world, but, you know, for Amazon, it's specifically very uh, applicable. It's it's also an acronym that as soon as I hear it, like, it feels like a wedge of metal gets shoved right between, like, uh, a plate in my head and my ear right into my brain. Like it may, gives me a headache immediately when I hear a plan of action. Oh yeah, it's it. I feel like it shouldn't do that, but Amazon is made that way where you just you don't even want to hear that word. You're like, ugh, when you hear yeah. that. So, it's um, it's uh, it's it's no, it's not it's not a fun acronym to know for those who are in the Amazon selling space. So, yeah, and I think everybody who's been in Amazon for an extended period of time has had to deal with this. Um, Jeff, maybe let's start off just by like, uh, you can give some examples of when you might need a plan of action. Yeah, of course. So, so Amazon's, uh, the way it works is they've got their, all their rules or regulations. Many of them are stated on their countless policy pages. Uh, and a lot of them are actually unstated. They're invisible kind of rules of what Amazon thinks is the norm based on their enormous data set that they've used and averaged out over time. And um, plan of actions are when you go outside of those barriers, for lack of a better uh, description. It's when Amazon thinks you're doing something wrong and when you're operating against their terms of service, you're operating in a way that's not fair to their consumers. So it's very very key word there when i say their consumers you there's not your customer for amazon is always theirs um and so whenever they think that you're hurting their customer or their customer's experience um to the point that maybe that customer might not be coming back or hurting other vendors on that platform they are going to penalize you and they're going to do it enough that if you don't fix it they will actually suspend your account and you will have a very hard time getting it back your accounts will be frozen and um you know you're actually you might not even get your funds back even on the account too that's when it gets really fun so i think um one of the more popular times i've had to deal with a plan of action is has to do with um your inventory in some way shape or form if you're shipping through fbm and you have late shipments uh, consistently, then they'll shut down your FBM and ask for a plan of action on why you're getting late FB, um, uh, late shipments on your FBM um, orders. I've had it where uh, a high, high rate of um, defected goods on FBA as well. And so uh, I've had a plan of action there. Do you have any other instances where you may have seen them? Uh, of course. You know, Amazon's got a ton. Um, yeah, you know, they don't become the biggest logistics company in the world, uh, by not having these measures in place and not having these automated measures in place. Um, you know, anywhere from, it doesn't matter how you're fulfilling FBA, FBM, there's going to be regulations and there's going to be standards around that. Um, uh, if you're even a pound off for the, uh, the maximum shipping weight in, they'll flag it. Um, if you have too many times of shipping items in where you say there's 50 and there's actually 49 or this you say there's 15 is 51 if that happens a few times they'll flag it um if you and then eventually that, that what happens is that rolls up to be an overall score on your account and once you actually um 
once that compiles and that gets bad enough, Amazon is actually going to, you know, your your account gets at a pretty high risk of suspension at that point. Yep. Um, as a word, generally, you really don't want to be dropping below like about 95% feedback uh, on your account. Um, if you're going below than that, you're kind of, you're playing with fire a little bit. So um, the biggest thing with Amazon is always taking their rules and regulations, reading them. And I know that's like tough in this day and age to actually go through and read all these regulations. And if you don't do it, get a VA to do it. Um, but have someone understand those things because they're, they're not they're not suggestions. Um, they will come back and they will hurt your business and they will shut down your account um, if you don't follow them. So there's there's just so many things that you said that are triggering to me that I just started like sighing under my breath. And then I just decided that every time I'm going to sigh, I'm just going to take a sip of my drink. And that led me to think like um, that's probably going to end up for bad podcasting and I'm going to be drunk in about 20 to 25 minutes if we continue on doing this. So um, it's just it's just such a crappy topic, but it has to be talked about. It has to it has to be talked talk about. I, I agree. It's like it's something that's gonna like no matter what you do here. Like if you're a wholesaler, you're for sure gonna be dealing with this. If you're a private label, you're definitely gonna be dealing with this too. Yep. Um, there's no way around it. At one point or the other, um, you're gonna be dealing with having to write a plan of action likely to Amazon. And so, um, if you don't know how to do it, uh, you know you're gonna get in trouble. So so here, you know, we're, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about you know what what goes into a poa yeah yeah let, let's create a hypothetical situation so let's uh hypothetically say that i'm doing fbm on my products and i'm consistently see consistently late on getting my products out first Eventually, of all guys don't do fbm that's uh, no that's bad advice don't 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 follow that do uh, FBM. I'm, I'm gonna have to drink again now <laughs> you're totally right <laughs> Uh, yes, but let's just hypothetically say I'm not a very good seller and I'm doing it on FBM and I'm late consistently on it. I am going to get a letter sent to the primary user. It's also going to be in the performance notifications uh, section of your seller central. And it's going to basically say, hey, you screwed up your account either has been suspended or will be suspended. You need to file a plan of action. It, now that what. Go ahead. That's an extreme case. I'm going to jump yeah. in there. So Amazon's usually okay. not going to suspend you right away. So there's very few things. I shouldn't say very few things, but there is not. There's very uh, a smaller list of things that Amazon will do that will suspend you one strike. Um, one of those is having multiple accounts. So as we all know, you cannot have multiple seller accounts. If Amazon does find that your name or your your phone number, your uh, could be your credit card, could be your address, could your email address is linked to another account. Uh, that's the reason of cause for them to link accounts and they could suspend you over that. And you have to write a POA. Um, and especially with account suspensions, it can be suspensions. It can be very hard to get your account back once that does occur. Um, we, 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 uh, as a result, um, recommend that everyone uses just a virtual machine to contact their into their seller central account and only ever use that virtual machine there's a ton of options out there and we'd be happy to bring some on at some point in this show i'd say hey marty um of some good solutions but of course yeah yeah but um use a virtual machine when you're con when you're going to your seller central account um to avoid like ip matches um ip matches can be uh, it, it can be a, it can, it can be a tough thing to get out of. So, yeah. 
So you've got the letter, you've got the the notification uh, from Amazon that says that you require a plan of action. Where do you go from there? What do you do? Yeah. So first of all, the biggest thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to understand what exactly Amazon is either suspending you for or they're cracking down on you for. Now, if they're suspending you, you might have to bring out some of the, you know, you're going to have to really bring out some of the big guns and what you're doing for a POA. And so um, for that, we would, I would I would recommend going to what a POA professional. We've got one that we use. E-commerce Chris is his name. Um, shout out to, to Chris. Um, he's not sponsored uh, in this video in any way, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we can bring him on at some point. He's a great guy. He's actually an ex-Amazon seller support uh, employee. So he knows the ins and outs of what's actually going on behind that iron curtain of, you know, Amazon's, um, you know, seller performance team. But um, if we're going to go one step down and say it's just a non-account suspension, first of all, you're going to want to know really why. The why is really, really huge. And um, for, you know, for anyone who didn't probably take like a B-Law class or go from law, it's going to be easy to, to, to read over the why and interpret your own version of as to why. But you really need to look at what Amazon's saying and you need to understand a core philosophy that Amazon's never going to take any of the blame for what they do. It's always going to be your fault. Even if it's not your fault, it's your fault. So you have to learn to accept that one key mantra in going through, you know, essentially account health and account, keeping your account up with Amazon. Um, because there's no real right around it. So first so, of all, go ahead. I was going to say, so in my experiences, um, they're pretty generic when they tell you why you're getting the plan of action. It's 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 pretty uh, bare bones, uh, and they, they don't really want to tell you much about it. So how do you go about really finding out why you're getting the plan of action if it's not really clearly stated in the email that you received? Yes, that that's a great question, by the way, and 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 honestly, it's there's not one answer that solves all. It can be a, it can be an intensive process to do this. Um, it, sometimes it's very obvious why you got the complaint. Um, if you're a wholesaler and you're selling someone's products that you're not authorized to be selling, it could be simply that you trademark or you're copyrighted infringed. That's pretty cut and dry at that point. Um, for other cases, it can be a little blurry. You're not really sure exactly why they're coming after you or you know, why they maybe rejected your claim in the first place. Um, in that case, it's best to always call in to seller support. Uh, you're gonna wanna call in and preferably, you're gonna try to get a team that's stationed in North America. Mm -hmm. So a team that you're gonna be able to talk to a little bit, um, who's gonna understand where you're coming from a little bit more possibly. And, uh, you know, they'll help you kind of get through the process and they'll escalate it correctly. And the biggest thing is just calling will get you the answer. They'll be able to call in and look at the notes on their account as to why the account was suspended, the internal notes, or, you know, why the crackdown came on your account and somehow. And they'll give you a little bit more insight as to the exact pinpoint reason or where to look a little bit more in your account if you are confused. I would really suggest avoid emailing you're going to get a generic response yeah uh, a cookie cutter response and it's not going to help you at all and, and and keep in mind once that once that uh complaint comes down it's generally i think it, the the number is 180 days before that complaint will come off your account health dashboard That's um, right, yep. now even if it doesn't even after 180 days if you haven't addressed uh, addressed it 
Um, it will come off, but know that Amazon has actually still kept it on in the back end. And if you all of a sudden get a flood of other infringes coming through, that will have a weighting on how they decide to assess your account. So, yeah, the really only way to, mm. to actually address your account health when you get a complaint is that to actually win the case with Amazon, not letting it go away. I, I just drank again. <laughs> no, it's and there's definitely been times where I've just looked at something. I'm like, I'll just wait the 180 days. I don't want to deal with this. This is too much. Like, <laughs> no, you always have to deal with them. You always have to but try and get al- it off your account. You always should be trying to deal with it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, let's 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 jump into what you actually will consist of a POA. What you actually want to like, you know, now that you know the root of the problem, you've discovered what the problem is with Amazon. Um, Okay, so how do you craft this thing? How do you how do you how do you tell them like what you're what you've done? Um, and it can be really hard. This is you know, this is not just like a this is not just it sounds easy and, and trust me it's not. It's like it's when you're going through like that university course you went through about writing an essay and you thought you knew the topic and then you write what you thought was an absolute killer essay and the prof comes back and says you missed the point and you're like how did I miss the point? I don't understand. Um, that's what it's very much like with Amazon when you're doing these POAs. Is if you don't get the point on point, you could write the best thing possible, and they're just going to immediately reject the thing. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, your example, I don't really understand what you're trying to get at with your example because that never happened to me. Um, but other than that, uh, you're completely right about Amazon. It, I've, I've sat down, I've crafted a, uh, an absolute killer plan of action, and then I get a response that said, you didn't tell us what you need, so you're still suspended. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely happened to me the essay thing, but I mean I'm an engineer, <laughs> so I I'm brutal at essays. So I I actually dropped out of a class just because I'm like as soon as I found out the essay was there, I was like I'm not doing this. So <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna get destroyed by this essay. Um, but uh, it's really a shift in thinking, is really what it is here. So, um, you're gonna have to read, you understand the problem. Now you have to understand how to craft it. So there's three major parts to a POA that. Generally, most POAs need what Amazon um, with some tidbits on the sides. The first tidbit is accept that you're at fault. Even if you're not at fault, accept that you're at fault. Um, Amazon is a lot looking for you to say, hey, it was your fault, but etc. Or, hey, this wasn't really my fault, etc. No, they want you to own your problem. They, they, they obviously crack down on you for a reason. They want you to own that reason. So, First and foremost, own the, own the reason. Accept that you're at fault. I'm, I'm going to – sometimes that's really hard to do because I've had issues where, you know, you've had a, a customer complaint about a product and it's a complete lie. Uh, I, oh, yeah. F- for instance, I had one where we, we worked directly with a manufacturer. Uh, they were the manufacturer of the product and they got a complaint that it was a used product, which has never been sold. And we're just like – like, how do you accept responsibility for a used product when you know everything is brand new? So um, you're right. That, that's what Amazon wants you to do. They want you to come back and, and beg for forgiveness. But uh, you just got to swallow your pride and, and uh, do its best. This The best way to describe POAs is it wants to be black and white, but it's very much gray um, with everything that's happening on here. Um you know, uh, on on all levels, I will say it's it's very much of a gray area. Um, do not think that you're you're operating in a legitimate court of law 
uh, with Amazon <laughs> for trademark or trademark often trademark complaints are not actually trademark complaints. You, if you file that in the complaint, the court of law, you probably you know probably would win um, <laughs> as a rebuttal. So um, stuff like that, right? So, um, but let's get back to it. Um, you're yeah. gonna need you're gonna need the very first topic or paragraph that you're really going to section i should say that you really want to do is a root cause so after you've accepted blame be like okay now you're telling amazon hey um what was the cause of this issue i want to under and here the biggest point of getting across is you want to you want to tell amazon that you understand the reason that they decided to crack on down on you so you're not if they crack down on you for selling a counterfeit item and you're coming after them for a trademark complaint you obviously don't understand the reason that they're coming after you. So they're going to immediately, they're going to, you know, probably reject the claim. So make sure you understand it. Root cause is all about saying, Hey, this is a problem um, of it. And in that sense, this is why it actually happened too. Um, So, you know, obviously you get a multiple two multiple reasons of why it happened, but explain to them back why it happened. Um, That's in essence root cause. Now the second section you want to jump into is your immediate measures that you took. So immediate measures are basically more or less the complaint came in. What were the first steps you took to address that complaint coming to your account? Um, so, you know, I went, can give you a, went and had 10 drinks at the local bar. Pretty much. Hacked into someone's Amazon account, <laughs> did a bunch of stuff, and uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> No, it's um, it's immediate causes. You know, a great example here would be, um, let's say you're selling, uh, we're, we're we're a wholesaler, and I'm selling someone else's brand, and they come after me for uh, a counterfeit complaint. Um, now you know the items are not counterfeit, but you're gonna accept the blame anyways, and you say, hey, yeah, this is my fault. Um, root cause of this was likely be there was no communication with the vendor the vendor filed a counterfeit complaint because they probably didn't know who you were because so they thought they figured their, their products were counterfeit um immediate case immediate uh actions taken uh likely what you're going to do immediate actions is immediately closing that listing and not just that listing but any product from that brand uh that's on your account so if you're selling multiple listings of that brand it's gonna hurt but it's you know, if this is a big enough claim against your account, the best thing to do, I promise, is just to close every single one of those listings and do a removal report for that inventory. Take it off your account. Once Amazon sees that, they're basically going to say, okay, their immediate action was, hey, uh, there was no communication with the vendor or whatever this case may be. They accepted that. They removed the items from their account. There's no physical way for them to infringe on this brand's uh, you know, copyright or trademark or whatever it may be anymore because the product doesn't even exist on their account. Yeah. Um, so their limitation of authority has ended there. So, um, in better word, in like in basically to, to summarize it. So that's the best way to do immediate action. <laughs> what's the first steps you took? Yeah. And so, um, what's the second section now? That that was the second. Or section. sorry, the yeah. third section. Sorry. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's getting ahead of us. It's like it's like we just don't want to deal with it, but. Um, <laughs> It's the, the last one. The final section you really want to do is the preventative measures. So you told Amazon root cause. You told them this is what you immediately did to address it. Your final one is going to be this is how you're going to prevent it in the future. Uh, so depending on what it is, you're likely want to do some kind of reference to Amazon's terms of service, saying that you didn't understand them. 
uh, you didn't read them. You know, you're probably going to have to say what you went back and read them. You might have to pull in and say that you worked with an external company, you know, consulting company, professional company that, uh, you know, now helps you address these types of issues or prevent these types of issues, I should say, moving forward. Um, what measures have you placed in time your company to prevent this kind of thing from occurring again? So let's take the let's take the case of um, you sending in uh, Amazon claiming that you uh, sold a used I- a new item like um, uh, new as used a used item or used as new. Yeah, exactly. I always mess that up. So uh, a used item is new. Um, you're going to want to basically tell okay. Uh, you know why? Why was that the case? Maybe you were selling something with a with a with a sealant on it. Okay, do you have measures in your warehouse to to make sure that every sealant is checked before that product leaves to go to an Amazon FBA warehouse? And what is that measure? Um, when are you implementing? You know, one of the biggest things too for Amazon, and like this is a key thing. Write it down. Is they want hard dates and they want hard numbers in the yes. DOAs. So. Please don't just say I, pr- I I input this system. Say if you if you actually put in the system, tell them which day you actually implemented it on. Tell them how many employees are focused on that that initiative. Tell them tell them how many hours a day they're focused on it. Tell them how many listings you removed from Amazon. How many units you removed from Amazon um, to comply with their measures. They want when they want to see exact numbers. They don't want to see broad generalizations here. Well said. I totally agree. So that's basically a POA. There's there's three yep. sections to it. Then you you know you have a like, nice little preamble at the front accepting your your fault, and then at the end you basically just kind of beg them for forgiveness. Um, and uh, and you know I would say about a page suffices, a page to a page and a half. I wouldn't go anywhere further. You have to understand that these people who are reviewing these are reviewing hundreds of cases a day, and um, you know they also have a quota to hit of how many they actually have to get through in a day. Um, and if you give them some like 25 page life story about why this has happened, they're probably just going to reject this because they don't have the time to review that. Make mm. it short, make it sweet, make it sure that you understand the problem right away. You address it right away. And then, you know, uh, at least luck will hopefully be more on your side for them accepting it. Yeah. I'll just add too one thing from my experiences. Uh, I probably did way less, um, due diligence on the private label side than um, you when it came to like figuring out exactly what the issue was. And I had a couple instances where it was uh, involved with account health where I filed the POA and I, it got rejected. But in that rejection letter, it told me why it was, why we were, we were filling out the POA, what the issue was. So um, it's, you know, and it's never good to have it rejected. It's always harder to get back the second time. But it is, uh, the, the for me, the positive part was that at least it gave me um, some idea what the issue was in that rejection letter. It gave me more uh, indication of what they were expecting and looking for. Now, I recommend going the route that Jeff stated about, uh, phoning them and finding out what the issue was, but a rejection letter can also state more information about why you're, you're, uh, why Amazon has forced you to write a POA. Oh, totally. And, and one thing to add to that too is, um, from, from, you know, dealing with hundreds of POAs is I'll say that when Amazon's specific in their response, usually it's a less severe case. Mm. I find when Amazon, uh, I've had to deal with an account suspension before and I find when Amazon is dealing with something like an account suspension, they're pretty vague with mm. why. They really want to make sure you understand the problem. And they're not going to spoon feed it to you. So you really have to like 
essentially make sure you know the problem, which can be very frustrating. You know, you're yep. losing money every day. They have your inventory. They have all your stock. They have all claims to your account. Like, so one thing to do is that you know, if Amazon suspends your account and you and um, they don't think you can get it back, um, they can just take all those funds on your account. Uh, they, they they won't they won't remit those funds to you. They'll just yep. keep them and they'll keep your stock too. So yep. it's it's. You know, I'm totally against that. I think it's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible practice in business. But um, this is—we're not joking around here. Like, if you if you had it and you had you know hundreds of thousands of units at Amazon, that could be a, you know a very serious loss for you. So yep. um, you have to address these and you have to address them timely manner. When they come onto your account, do not ignore them. Uh, you know, address them almost. In, I would say. You know, you're going to have some leeway. You don't have to address them the day they come in. You probably don't even have to necessarily address them the week they come in. But definitely address them within a few weeks of them coming in. And and, and keep in mind, too, something here, guys, is that you can, you can submit something to Amazon that you're like, you don't love, that you might think it might get rejected still. Um, but the fact that you still addressed it is better than not addressing it. So yes. they might reject it and they might be like, no, but at least you said, hey, I've acknowledged you sent this to my account and this is my, you know, this is my rebuttal. And they might be like, well, it's not good enough. And it's like, okay, that's fine. We'll go back to the drawing board. We'll do it again. You have a few kicks of the can here. It's not like it's going to be one time they reject it, it's done. They're going to they're gonna give you a few tries, but just keep in mind that like you have to make meaningful differences in your when your resubmissions. Don't go through and just change a line or change a few keywords um or you know say some things in a nicer form or just write them more you know this is not you know uh, probably a conventional court to try and drown people with paperwork like they want less paperwork don't give them more and for more and more information necessarily if you don't have to just really hit the root of the problem here and you know what yeah, I was going to say, after a half hour of talking about this, that is probably one of the most important things that you that could be said on this uh, is is exactly what you just said. It's, you know, it is somebody that is looking at it. So, um, and quite often there's a robot that's looking at it too. And they'll just, if you just change one or two words, it's going to be the same outcome regardless. So yes, yeah. absolutely. You have to make wholesale changes if you get rejected. Yeah, definitely do. Definitely do. Um, I would say I'd give you probably three, three to four chances of submission before Amazon probably banishes you to the, uh, but to the, to the shadow zone or the twilight <laughs> zone. If you're referencing Disneyland, <laughs> the upside down. The if twilight, you uh, have, yeah. have you watched stranger things <laughs> and you're probably not going to come back from that. They're probably at that point. They're just like, this person clearly has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, at that point, they're probably just going to stop reading your POAs. Like no matter what you submit to them, you're going to get that generic response back and it's just going to be hell on earth to deal with. Um, so really these are the crucial things to get right, get right in a timely manner and give your effort to, it's tough to take your effort away from your business. We all know that from trying to make more money, but you know, this is your business. This is how you're generating money on Amazon. Um, and it's unfortunately one of the aspects that you have to deal with doing business on Amazon is compliance. Yep. Um, so you should also understand how to ha comply properly with their with their uh, with their marketplace if you're going to do business on their marketplace. And this is only going to get more intense. Uh, you know, Amazon's made more strides. I will say, um, probably Marty to to get better at this. Yep. You know, I've seen things. Um, you know, actually, I had a case on one of my accounts the other day. I wrote. I spent two days writing a crafting a perfect POA, getting all the documents in order to submit, and. Um, I went on the actual appeal button 
to find out it was just a button I had to press. <laughs> and it came off my account. And the funny thing is, it's like it changes every time, guys. It's like yeah. it's one of those things that I've submitted 30 of these appeals before and I always had to do a POA. So I immediately knew what I had to do as a plan of action and look what I had to go into and how to how I had to craft this. And um, in this case, they didn't give it to me. They just were like, press this button and you're good to go again. And, and, and why? You know, I don't really know. You know, and that's the thing is Amazon – you don't really know any time. You it, it's it's like depending on the person who looks at your case, depending on the specific case, depending on your account metrics, how long you've been selling, how many units you've sold of that item. I mean, this specific unit that we sold, we sold thousands, thousands of units of, um, and we had a um, you know an NCX of like less than a percent. So my mm. guess is Amazon was like, hey, this is really not a bigger issue for these guys this yeah. is clearly and in this case you know a little bit tidbit going on a bit of a rant is um and this is actually really important so this is actually actually i would say anyone really listen up here so what amazon does is in your fulfillment settings on your, your um if you go to your settings and you go fulfilled by amazon you can actually edit what amazon does with your returns from customers mm-hmm. um now most people will say you know, don't throw out my returns. Give me my returns back, obviously, because you want to see if you can salvage that product still and make some money of it. Now, what Amazon will do, though, is if a customer returns your product and they deem it as a sellable item again, they'll immediately put it back in your FBA inventory. Yeah. Now, they don't do their own due diligence, which is hilarious to think about. They don't do their own due diligence on their own... Um, um, employees cases yeah, <laughs> yeah their own employees and so in this case you know uh what i did was you know we had a uh, a used sold as new complaint on an item that was a, a cream it had like a sealant on it um we don't we didn't have a check beforehand making sure the sealant was in place like we it didn't exist but um but we knew that like this brand was really good with sealants and like it had never been an issue before uh for selling thousands of items we found out after doing, I went to the negative, the voice of the customer. I saw the negative, you know, the NCX rating. I saw the NCX reviews, which I always do if you're getting something like a use like new complaint, see what your NCX rate is. Um, and uh, we found out, you know, a lot of these complaints, I tied them to their, their order IDs. I went back and then found what their order number was on our, on our account. And then I actually found out that was an item that had been returned and Amazon put back in our inventory and sold it back. So likely what the case was here was that Amazon actually had messed up. They said something was fine. They didn't check it. They put it back in inventory, sent it to a customer, and the customer was like, hey, this sealant is not fully on there now. This yep. is used. And so this is actually Amazon's fault now, not my own fault. Yeah. Um, so, you know, always double check that because that's actually a huge, that can be like a huge case um, there. where you, if, you, if you mention that and you have data that matches up and you can match order IDs, that's like, that's like a, that's like a a golden knife to probably winning this case against Amazon. And nothing feels better than to like uh, finally give it back to Amazon after years of you them giving it to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's uh, I think we've covered the gambit with this. I don't think there's much more to talk about. Um, obviously, Jeff is uh, very, very well versed with plan of actions and compliance. So um, as always, we, we have our uh, email addresses in the show notes. So reach out anytime. He's jeff at swissstart.com, jeff with a G. 
Uh, and yeah. I'm Marty at SwissStart.com. I also set up this week, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, email us at SwiftStartup at SwiftStart.com. So we actually have a podcast specific email now that you can reach out to us at too. So, um, email us, let us know. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure Jeff can help you get out of your squeeze if you need it. Right, Jeff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, it's not something you want to be in. This is, um, this, this more than anything, I would recommend a professional for someone who understands what they're doing. Um, don't, don't risk your business, um, thinking you can do it when you when you have never done it or you can't do it um i know you know entrepreneurs it's an easy thing to say hey i can, I can do it I, i've done it before i can figure it out but this is like you know this is like going up to the to the batter's play you got three strikes and if you don't know what you're doing you're gonna strike out and um you're gonna wish that you did so uh just just pay you know come come and get the professional advice before you yep. do anything so perfect all right that's it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.